Well, one of the first things that happened was um, had to do with nutrition and Alzheimer's. It had never occurred to me that nutrition could have anything to do with Alzheimer's mm -hmm. until I read an article and it was a study about diet. And in this study, they learned that people that had the most Mediterranean-like diet with Alzheimer's lived on average four years longer than the people that had the least Mediterranean-like diet. Okay. And I thought, what? Nutrition has anything to do with this? And, um, <laughs> you know, if people, you know, people assume doctors learn about nutrition in medical school, but I had three hours on one afternoon. That was all, you know, that was it. I, that was it. And, you know, I learned about infant nutrition and how to write a hyperalimentation formula for a newborn, uh -huh. you know, that kind of thing. But I didn't really learn about how food can be used to prevent disease. It can sure. cause disease if you mm -hmm. eat the wrong foods and it can help treat disease. Um, Hippocrates actually said, let medicine be thy food. That's let right. food be thy medicine. That was Dr. Mary Newport. And today we dive into part two of our two-part discussion on Alzheimer's. Dr. Newport made a connection between Alzheimer's treatment and nutrition. And she experimented with these treatments on her husband, Steve, and found tremendous success in regaining some of his cognitive functioning back. Since then, she has led the charge to further this research and develop and implement ways to treat Alzheimer's through nutrition. Stay tuned. into relationships and you hosted by toby jenkins a licensed marriage and family therapist serving central kentucky each week toby will bring you a show with a topic related to mental health relationships or self-improvement the name of the show paradigm comes from that moment in the therapy process when a profound shift in perspective happens for a client an epiphany sometimes accompanied by physical reaction that leads them to look at things differently and make significant steps towards improving and enriching their lives. Uh, you're listening to Paradigm, Insights into Relationships in You. Uh, I'm your host, Toby Jenkins, and today we are talking Alzheimer's with Dr. Mary Newport. So uh, you you left a cliffhanger out there dangling before yeah. we uh, before the last break. Yeah. And so um, so, you know, you mentioned that you you <laughs> how did you go? So I'll, I'll think about it this way. Um, there's a lot of information out there mm -hmm. and um, some of the good, some of the bad. And your medical training and your background helped you uh, find the right avenues to go yeah. to find. So, um, so, so you kind of ended up with the nutritional uh, finding nutritional documentation. Mm -hmm. um, what it, what could the average person who's looking to find out this? How can you help? How could well? Let me rephrase that question. Um, the average person that doesn't have your kind of medical background, mm -hmm. how can they go about finding this information or being mm -hmm. more informed? Yeah. Um, I know the internet, you know, it's, it's so vast and you mm -hmm. do have to be careful of what you find on the internet, you know? Sure. Um, I, I do have, you know, several, you know, people that I've been in, in touch with. Um, there's one lady, she calls herself a citizen scientist. She said she was never interested or knew she was interested <laughs> in science mm -hmm. until her husband had Alzheimer's. Wow. And then yeah. she just started searching on the internet and she, um, you know, people will look for, you know, Alzheimer's and, you know, something, you know, uh, food, Mediterranean diet, for example, sure. and they'll find it just because they heard something somewhere, or, you know, maybe they, they heard something on Dr. Oz or one of the medical mm -hmm. programs or Dr. Sanjay Gupta, you know, talk yeah. about something that might be helpful. And I think that's where a lot of people get started. But, um, you know, for, you know, for me, you know, finding this medical food that, you know, we were talking about was really an accident. It was a, a complete accident. And then I knew what it was because I'm a neonatologist <laughs> and I'll oh, explain okay. that too. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, 
the cliffhanger was, so I had gotten on the internet looking at risks and benefits of the two drugs he was going to try out for these clinical trials. And I came upon a medical food um, that improved the memory and cognition in nearly half the people that took it. So I got their patent application. And what I learned from that was that it was MCT oil, medium chain triglyceride mm -hmm. oil. And I knew what that was because I'm a neonatologist. We used to add MCT oil to the feedings of our tiniest preemies. These were babies under two pounds. Really? When I was, yes. When I was in my training, the late 70s, early 80s, we used to add it directly to their feedings. They absorbed it very well. They grew faster. They got home faster when we gave this to them. And then in the early 80s, they started adding it. They created premature infant formulas that wow. were higher in calories, and they added MCT oil to that. And then they also started adding coconut oil and palm kernel oil to infant formulas because they contain these. These are the richest natural sources of these MCTs, MCT oil. And um, the reason why MCTs are of interest at all is because they're in human breast milk, mm -hmm. about 10 to 17% of the fats in human breast milk. And um, it's, it's just very interesting because these MCTs are not in other oils, mm -hmm. unless you go to the Amazon, there are a couple there. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, um, they're in the milk fat of mammals. So, wow. you know. Camels, horses, cows, goats. Goats are very rich in MCT oil, uh, MCTs, more than human breast milk, actually a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So a good alternative for somebody that wants to get some medium chain triglycerides. But the reason why they're helpful is because Alzheimer's is a type of diabetes of the brain. And I learned this from this patent application. I had not heard one word about that. Yeah. before I read this patent application. And they talked about a group at Brown University and many others had studied it, but a group at Brown University had looked at the brains of people that died with Alzheimer's disease that did not have type one or type two diabetes. And they found that they had insulin resistance and insulin deficiency in the brain, which is very much like what you see in type two diabetes. And um, so they called it type three diabetes. And it had been known actually since the 1980s that there were areas of the brain in Alzheimer's where there's poor glucose uptake. Mm -hmm. And on our standard diet that we eat, you know, glucose is the primary fuel for the brain and for the other organs. Every cell right. needs fuel to operate. Uh, uh, fuel is needed to create this energy molecule called ATP that, that helps every cell, you know, almost every cell in the body carry out its functions. So if you can't get glucose into those cells, the cell starves and it malfunctions and eventually mm -hmm. it can die. So wow. this is what happens in Alzheimer's. And this starts happening 10, 20, 30 years before a person even has symptoms. They start having a problem with glucose uptake. They develop insulin resistance in the brain and have a problem with glucose uptake in the brain many years earlier before they have obvious symptoms. So it's a silent kind yes. of disease. And I can completely yes. relate to kind of the insulin deficiency. Mm -hmm. And if I could correlate it to uh, um, being a diabetic, um, I could eat two mm -hmm. plates of food and mm -hmm. still be hungry. See, certain, um, brains, certain cells will still starve because of insulin yeah. resistance. This is prior to me changing my diet, by the way. Yeah. But I, yeah. that, I totally get that um, analogy. Mm -hmm. I, I came across that, uh, that term diabetes of the brain um, over the summer. And mm -hmm. um, I, you know, the first time I'd heard it mm -hmm. um, and connecting that with uh, inflammation as well. And um, it's, mm -hmm. um, it makes a lot of sense once you see it pieced together that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and just like you said, the stuff we just don't really think about, mm -hmm. um, yeah. especially when it comes to Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it turns out when people are fasting or starving, so people even today, they have periods where they starve, but our ancient ancestors, they used to have to hunt for food. They had to go out and get their food. And sometimes the weather, I mean, there'd be snow on the ground, you know, <laughs> how do you mm -hmm. hunt in that situation? Um, you know, but they would have periods of feast and famine, you know, sometimes sure. they wouldn't have food for a week or two. Mm -hmm. You think, how did they survive? You know, well, it's because when we have plenty of food, we put on fat, you know, a lot of us know that 
deal very well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when you start to fast or starve, you know, because you don't have food, within like 24 to 48 hours, most of us are completely depleted of the stores of glucose in our body, you know, and mm -hmm. the liver mainly. And then we will start breaking down muscle. If we didn't have fat, we would break down muscle um, to make glucose because there's certain amino acids in, you know, proteins that can be converted to glucose. Mm -hmm. And um, the brain is extremely active. It's 2% of our body weight, but uses about 20 to 25% of our calories. I mean, day right. and night, our brain is very active, even when we're sleeping. Sure. And so uh, if you, you know, didn't have fat, you would die within seven to 10 days. You would become so weak because you've depleted the protein now in your body, the muscle, mm -hmm. uh, but we have fat. So when we use up all the glucose that's stored in our bodies, then we start breaking down fat and the heart and muscles and most of our other organs can use fatty acids from fat, but they don't cross well into the brain. So the brain, you know, is this very hungry, greedy, you know, energy <laughs> yeah. requiring organ. Um, and so, what happens, some of those fatty acids go to the liver and the liver converts them, part of them to ketones. Mm -hmm. And ketones are much smaller particles. They easily cross into the brain through the blood-brain barrier and cells in, in the brain and other organs can instantly switch from using glucose to ketones. It's, uh, we call it metabolic flexibility. You know, mm -hmm. our brain cells can switch. And this is something that is already present in the fetus the newborn mm. who strictly breastfeeds goes into ketosis within hours of birth. Really? Human babies are fat. And, you know, they often, like if a mother's breastfeeding, it takes a couple of days for the milk to start coming in. There's a little bit, there's drops. Yeah. You think, what is that baby living off of? And it, they're living off their fat and they're, they're making fat. ketones. That makes so then, much more sense now. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So um, Dr. Stephen Cunane recently, I didn't know this at the time because the work hadn't been done yet, but... Um, he's done studies with ketone and glucose PET scans that he's been able to show in Alzheimer's that ketone uptake is normal in the areas of the brain affected by Alzheimer's. Mm. So the cells are there. They mm -hmm. are just like cars without gasoline. They yeah. need fuel. Ah. And you provide them with ketones and they can start functioning again. So, um, so then why MCT oil? Okay, when you consume MCT oil, part of that oil is um, taken up by the liver and converted to ketones, regardless of what you ate. You know, mm -hmm. MCTs are partly converted to ketones. The rest of it is uh, put, goes out into your circulation and it's used directly as fuel and can even be used by the brain as fuel as well. So, so here are... So I had a question, quick question for you there. So, yeah. you know, my understanding of uh, being in ketosis is that mm -hmm. you need to limit carb intake. But you are you saying that it, even if you're eating a bunch of carbs, right. you still you process take, this MCT oil yes. and convert MCT to ketones. MCT oil, yes. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And, yeah, and MCT oil comes from coconut oil. It's about 60% of coconut oil. So part of that will be converted to ketones as well. And there's mm. a lot more other interesting things about coconut oil on top of the MCT oil. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we'll talk about it after the break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, a quick note. Um, I So... Talking, talking nutrition and keto is one of my soapboxes and in social gatherings, it's when I get on a soapbox, my wife mm -hmm. often gives me that, you know, the, the, you know, nobody wants to hear this because I can really nerd out on it. But, you know, I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you, um, there's a condition called brain fog. Yes. That, um, you, well, I'll speak personally. I mm -hmm. gradually just got used to it. And once mm -hmm. I converted and changed my diet and, mm -hmm. uh, was eating more keto, I was amazed at how much more alert and mm -hmm. how much more energy. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I would almost describe it as being mm -hmm. high without being high. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, that, the whole, uh, the brain working better off of ketones than mm -hmm. glucose is, uh, yes. I've experienced it. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's an amazing uh, way to, I, I couldn't imagine going back to the way it used to be for me. Right. Um, so yeah, so uh, this is cool stuff. Um, we're up against another commercial break. We'll be right back after this brief message.
This is Toby Jenkins, founder of Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy and host of Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy is a proud sponsor and supporter of Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. At Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy, we work with couples, families, and individuals walking with you through life's challenges and transitions. You can find out more about Jenkins CFT and request an appointment for therapy at www. JenkinsCFT.com or by calling area code 859-806-0093. We're back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships in You. And we are talking Alzheimer's with uh, Dr. Mary Newport, um, in particular, um, using ketones to fuel the brain over glucose. So Um, Before the break, you were breaking down the scientific process of Mm -hmm. how uh, fatty acids are converted by the liver into ketones and that the brain responds very well to Mm -hmm. ketones. And I can Mm -hmm. attest to that from my own experience. So um, so you even even while Steve was in the trial, you started giving him MCT Mm -hmm. oil. And Mm -hmm. so um, what kind of changes did you see in him? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll tell you this story of what happened. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Okay. Um, so I'm learning about this the night before he's supposed to test for a clinical trial. He's got two days in a row scheduled. So mm-hmm. we ended up having a day before and the day after he started taking coconut oil mm-hmm. um, testing, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was quite interesting. I learned about this around 1 a.m. testing at nine. So we go, <laughs> I couldn't do anything about it. You know, this new information I had about MCT oil and ketones. So um, he went for the to, to try out and um, he needed to get at least 16 out of 30 points on this mini mental status exam to qualify. Mm. He qualified in every other way, but he got only 14 points. So he did not mm. qualify. Okay. And we were devastated. We were oh. quite devastated because, you know, this was our one hope. This was a right. drug that was supposed to cure Alzheimer's. We hoped, you know, yeah. and he didn't get in. So on the way home, I thought, what do we have to lose? I'm going to go to the health food store where I saw some coconut oil and bring it home, you know, because I had read that MCT oil was from coconut oil. I didn't know I could get MCT oil over the counter at that point. Yeah, yeah. So get home. I um, looked on the internet again, looked at, uh, reminded myself, freshman biochemistry, what are medium chain triglycerides? Um, and then I found the fatty acid composition of coconut oil on a USDA website, and I learned that it was 60%, 60%, and medium chain triglycerides. I'll just start calling them MCTs. Mm -hmm. And so I figured out how much coconut oil to give them to equal the dose they were using of the medical food in their clinical trials. Mm. And it turned out to be a little over two tablespoons. I thought, okay, you know, he could eat two tablespoons of coconut oil, you know. So the next day he's scheduled again for the other clinical trial, which was in a different city, different facility. And um, I gave him, you know, a little over two tablespoons. I actually took some myself because I thought I'm not going to make him do anything I won't do, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And um, on the way down, I thought, oh, he's not going to do well because he couldn't remember the day of the week. He couldn't remember Mm -hmm. what town we were. He couldn't remember that it was spring. He couldn't even find the word spring. When I Mm -hmm. asked him what the season was, he couldn't even find it. But three hours later, you know, after he had the coconut oil, he was tested and he comes back in the room and he, he said he didn't think he'd done well, but a nurse comes in, she starts taking his blood pressure, drawing his blood. And I said, what's going on? She said, oh, didn't he tell you he got an 18 this time, four points higher and he qualified for the study. And I'm like, that was just a day's difference. (laughs) One day's difference. Wow. Four points he gained. And he remembered spring, the day of the week. He knew he was on the first floor in the facility, and he knew what city we were in. Uh, all was right, so city. two tablespoons yeah. of coconut oil. Of coconut oil. Did that. Did that. And, and now and, you can buy coconut oil anywhere. I mean, I get yeah. it from Kroger all the time. Yeah, um, and, and it's more available because this happened to Steve. I'll tell you, you can hardly <laughs> find it. I'm not kidding. I, you wouldn't believe how I tried oh, really? to get the message out. Anyway, yeah. so I, I'll blame it on that. Anyway, um, so yeah, the day before, the doctor had had him draw a clock. There's a clock test for Alzheimer's, and it was very disorganized. He had a few little round circles, no big circle, just a few round circles and about four numbers, mm. just in this very random pattern. And she told me he was on the verge of severe Alzheimer's. And I thought, wow. okay, we have to do something. And this is really, you know, what 
you know, I knew what I'd read the night before. Okay, we have to try this. Mm-hmm. So this next day, then he gains four points. And when I read the patent application, they had done a pilot study with just a single dose of MCT oil. And half, almost half of those people responded to it. 90 minutes later, they had improved scores from before they took it. Within so 90 I thought, minutes? This is, yeah, within 90 minutes of taking wow, a dose of MCT. It provides fuel. It's absorbed very quickly. It's mm-hmm. digested the ketones very quickly, MCT oil, and the ketones make their way very quickly to the brain, and the brain cells take them up and instantly can switch mm. over. And that quickly, you know, it can help somebody. And um, it's really quite amazing. So he did respond. And, you know, at the time I thought, was it just really good luck or, you know, was it Mm -hmm. prayers or was it really the coconut oil? But I thought, well, we're going to keep this going. So when we got home that day, I got on the internet again, and I'm looking at everything I can find about coconut oil because we had never, ever used it, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, I found a book called Coconut Cures by Bruce Fife. He's a naturopathic physician. And a cookbook by him where he had taken everyday American food and using coconut oil in it, salad dressings, mm. different things like that. So I was like, oh my gosh, you know. Um, so the next day, you know, from that day on, I started giving him a little over two tablespoons at breakfast, but then we started cooking with it throughout the day. And I, I tell you, our whole life revolved around coconut. Mm. <laughs> it was coconut <laughs> milk, grated <laughs> coconut. We'd get whole coconuts and bake them in the, I mean, you know, so much coconut. But Within the fourth, by the fourth or fifth day, he was like a different person. I mean, wow. even the first day, you know, within two or three days, he, instead of being very sluggish, walking mm-hmm. down the hall in the morning and not talkative, he would be talking, he'd be whistling, he'd be making jokes. He could find that spoon in the drawer without any trouble. His tremors went away. His jaw tremor went away and it never came back, like almost wow. right away. And the hand tremor, he would have it in the morning before he got his coconut oil, and then it would go away, basically, for the rest of the day. It was really amazing. And um, he said it was like a light switch came on in his head the day he started Mm -hmm. the coconut oil. His Mm -hmm. mood improved dramatically in a very short Mm -hmm. time because he was basically suicidal. I mean, if he could have figured out how to do it, he probably would have, Yeah, you know, before that. And he completely turned around. And he felt like he had hope for his future is what he said. And this is about the fifth day, you know, after this started. And we had looked at each other and said, you know, our life has changed. Something is really happening here. He was a dramatic responder. <laughs> I mean, he sure. really responded dramatically to this. And I did start hitting him as much as I could because I thought, you know, this medical food was just a single dose once a day. Mm-hmm. And they even, you know, in their application, you know, they mentioned the levels peaked at 90 minutes. And when we measured them, they were gone after three hours. And I thought, well, what does your brain do the other 21 hours of the day? So I thought, you know, why not give it with each meal and, you know, at various times through the day and try to keep that going 24-7. So that's what we did. And, um, you know, that mini mental status, then he went back and tried out for the other trial. And um, he ended up getting 20 points, you know. Wow, more improvement. (laughs) More improvement. Two weeks after his clock drawing dramatically improved, he drew a whole circle. He drew all the numbers in. It was really messy. He must have had two dozen hands of the clock in there. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but it was much more complex, you know, and sure. he was writing out some words that he hadn't been able to, um, you know, he wasn't really writing anymore. He couldn't spell and, he, you know, he couldn't even the tiniest word he couldn't spell is too, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, he started being able to do some of that again and, um, it was just so dramatic. And, you know, I thought, okay, um, I've got this really big secret <laughs> yeah. and this medical food's not coming out for another year and it's going to be a medical food. It's going to be a prescription and it's on the shelf. Yeah. You know, there's coconut oil. And then not long after that, I learned that MCT oil was available over the counter. You know, mm-hmm. we had used it with our preemies and it was, you know, in the hospital. And I thought, well, maybe it's a pharmaceutical thing, but it turned out it was available. There were yeah. bodybuilders had been using it for decades. For, for, yeah. for yeah. decades and mm-hmm. using it to increase their lean body mass, you mm-hmm. know, was the main reason. And in, in Japan, for example, they were using it for already for weight loss to yeah. help people prevent accumulating excess fat. Right. Because you don't store it as fat, you substitute it for other fats. So he, you know, I thought, okay, 
I was overwhelmed. I thought I've got to get this message out. And I started writing to everybody I could, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I told, you know, uh, my sister about, I have four sisters, but one of them, Angela, she, Angie Berkey, <laughs> she, um, was on the phone with me a lot. I mean, we almost like reconnected, you know, we were only talking mm-hmm. maybe a few times a year, but she was so interested in this. And um, she said, well, why don't you write to um, Sandra Day O'Connor, the chief justice, her husband he had Alzheimer's since she was in an Alzheimer's oh, yeah, study. Right. Yeah. So she was the first one I wrote to. And I, I, I didn't say, you know, I basically I said, there's a medical food that's coming out. It's not going to be out for a year, but it, it's on the shelf. And people need to know they shouldn't have to wait for this to come out, you know, and all the time it will take to educate doctors, mm-hmm. you know, and my husband's just one case. I know this, but he responded. And if he responded, other people will respond. And you need to get your scientists on this. You need to get this out to the public and you need to get them to study this intensively now, you know, because this could yeah. help many people with Alzheimer's improve their symptoms, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I wrote to politicians. I wrote to the media. I got no response from anybody. Wow. No yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised because you sound like this crazy lady who wants yes. to see coconuts. <laughs> yes. You know, and I, I, I was trying to be, you know, I wasn't trying to say my husband's better than you, but study it. I'm just asking yeah. them to study it. The science makes sense. Study it, you know, and I got no response. Uh, Alzheimer's Association, nobody. So we'll yeah. talk about what happened next after the break. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is my show. I introduced the breaks. Yeah. All okay. right. We're up against, just kidding. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're up against a break. Man, you're good at that. Um, <laughs> well, you give me a two-minute warning, so. <laughs> no, you, you know, when you said you you started getting the word out, um, mm-hmm. I often, I, I can only imagine people just kind of like, Psh whatever. Yes. Crazy. Well, yeah. Yeah. And other doctors, you know, um, I actually made a presentation at our annual medical staff meeting at Spring Hill Regional Hospital where I was working at the time. And I spent about 15 minutes. They let me. And, you know, I didn't know if any of them, if it made sense to them. I explained the science. I explained what happened to my husband. Well, years later, I, I went to a new primary care physician, but she told me, she says, I was at that when you gave that talk back no in way. 2008. She says, I've been telling my patients about that ever since. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I did yeah. get through to some, to you at did. least one person. Yeah, at least others. one. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Well, let's jump back on that after the break. Okay. Because, um, you know, yeah. You know, it, sometimes someone can be so far out there that, mm-hmm. You know, it's against the the mainstream. Yes, it makes absolute sense. So, yeah, um, that tends that to be where I a, hang out often. <laughs> yeah, that that was quite an adventure <laughs> trying to convince other doctors yeah. that this was real. <laughs> so, we'll be back the, uh, after this break to talk more about um, how Doctor Newport got this message out about uh, MCT for treating mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. We'll be right back. and you and this is one minute insight now I work a lot with couples and I openly tell them that I teach human sexuality and from my experience sexual expression especially when working with couples hovers right below the surface of what many couples want to talk about but I do want to inform you that um, many couples end up in sexual relationships gradually it's kind of like lobsters being boiled. They don't know they're being boiled. And so one of the key things that disappears in long-term relationships is making out. Once intercourse but gets on the table, making out gets off of the table. So one of the things I prescribe to couples is to make out without the expectation of sexual intercourse and to dwell with that tension and expectation of what can be as a way of spicing things up. So sexual expression in a mature or married relationship should be where couples play, explore, and have vulnerability and grow their relationship. 
Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more Paradigm, insights into relationships and you with Toby Jenkins. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. One of the biggest stresses that we encounter is money. Money issues strain our family life, create stress in our relationships, and can provoke serious anxiety and depression. And many don't know where to turn to get relief. That's where the Darius Norman Show comes in. The Darius Norman Show airs daily on WTTA-FM 101.2 from 1 to 2 p.m. Darius Norman is a certified credit and financial counselor and author of Rewriting Financial Rules. It's his objective to empower others with educational tools and services to assist them in taking control of their financial and credit issues. Tune in to The Darius Norman Show on WTTA-FM 101.2 and you can follow him on Twitter at The Darius Norman Show. We're back. Uh, you're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. I'm your host, Toby Jenkins, and today my guest, Dr. Mary Newport. Um, we're talking Alzheimer's and um, how she found um, a pretty basic food supplement, uh, coconut oil and medium chain tri- triglycerides, to uh, help her husband, Steve. Um, actually help his brain function better with Alzheimer's. So, you know, before the break, you were saying that um, you were uh, get, trying to get the word out and probably not too many people were interested in hearing what you had to say mm-hmm. uh, because it was so counter out to there. traditional yeah. uh, approach to Alzheimer's. So, mm-hmm. so um, you know, I often say with this show, if we if we reach one person, then mm-hmm. our time has been well worth it. And you reached one yeah. doctor, and yeah. then you circled yeah. back one around doctor. her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I just found this out about a year and a half ago that she had been telling her patients this whole time, you know, which was amazing. Um, yeah, so, you know, basically I was trying to get the message out and... Um, we, you know, we went home to see our families probably about six weeks after this happened with Steve. And he was so much better from the year mm. before when they had seen him. Yeah. They were like, what's, what's wrong? I mean, because he had been like a wallflower. He didn't know people's names. Um, he wasn't talking to them. And this time he's outgoing. He's laughing at jokes. He's making oh, jokes, you know. Awesome. And I showed him the clocks, you know, the, mm-hmm. these two clocks that he had drawn and they were flabbergasted, you know, and I thought, okay, yeah. it's not just me. It's not my imagination. This <laughs> is real, you know, um, right. so that, you know, basically even more intensively <laughs> started trying to get the message out. And um, so there was going to be an Alzheimer Association conference, and this was going to take place about two months after, you know, Steve approved. And I thought, oh, wow, this is an opportunity 5,000 researchers come from all over the world, doctors and researchers for Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, probably a thousand oral presentations and about 2,500 posters at this conference, you okay. know, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is a prime opportunity to get this information out to all over the world and interest them in studying, you know, ketones as an alternative right. fuel for the brain for Alzheimer's. So, I wrote up an article. It was the little case study of Steve. That's how I, you know, and I called it Alzheimer's. You know, what if there was a cure for Alzheimer's disease and no one knew? That's what I called it. What if there wow. was a cure for Alzheimer's and no one knew? You know, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about that title, you know. And so now, are I, you part, now, now, now I think about conferences for therapists. You have to be part of the like AMFT mm-hmm. to be to get research is that to get research um presented how did you yeah well i was just planning to attend oh wow and oh, okay so they have an exhibit hall they have a huge exhibit hall and all sure. these drugs you know the, the drug companies have the biggest exhibits and they give out all kinds of little you know beautifully engraved um pens and things like this you know um, so I just wanted a little table. They have a lot of people that have tables to, you know, give out information or whatever. So I wrote this article, I put all my contact information on it and it was a story about Steve, but also, um, in the meantime, I had started talking with Dr. Richard Beach. He's an MD PhD mm-hmm. at the NIH mm-hmm. and he had been studying ketones since the mid 1990s and he was developing a ketone ester that can get your levels 
10 times higher, I mean, in 30 minutes than you can get from coconut or MCT oil. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Yes. Hmm. And so um, I had been talking with him and he had been unable to get funding for mass production from the NIH or for clinical trials. And the money for Alzheimer's was extremely limited. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's actually quintupled in the last five years since Barack Obama got that going. It was a five-year increase in increments for Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. disease. And so now it was less than a half half billion a year. And now it's 2.4 billion. I think it's going to go up to 2.9 billion next year. Mm. Um, so, you know, the dollars were really tight and, you know, um, so he couldn't get funding and, um, he was just amazed, you know, when I, I faxed him Steve's clocks <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's when he really paid attention. He said, well, this is unexpected. <laughs> he said he thought it would take much higher levels of ketones to help anybody with Alzheimer's. And so we kept in touch. He sent me papers. He sent me um, studies um, done in the 1960s on starvation and how, you know, ketones can provide two thirds of the fuel to your brain during starvation. After 10 to 21 Mm -hmm. days, it it become quite elevated in your blood. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the studies about, you know, MCT oil, how it converts to ketones, that was known since the 1960s. Mm. So, um, and then he put me in touch with all these researchers. So I'm talking with the these people who are quite up in age, you know, who had discovered this. And they were all so excited because they all believed that this could help somebody with Alzheimer's. They just hadn't been able to get the message out. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, when, they, wow. when they publish in journals, they're so esoteric. You know, research journals, you know, even mainstream physicians don't read those, you know, so this just wasn't getting out there. And, you know, so now I'm going to this conference and, you know, I had all the information about the ketone ester and how he needed funding. That was a big point of it. He, you know, funding is needed to study this, this research. And so I was going to, I bought a table. They, I sent them the article. They approved it. They, I paid for it three days. And I had 1,500 <laughs> copies of my article printed up in Chicago, which is where the meeting was going to be. Mm-hmm. And three days before, they contacted me and they said, we changed our mind. We're declining your, um, you know, to have a table at the conference. No way. I'm not kidding. And my sister oh. and her husband were going to come. We all had plane tickets. We had hotels, everything set up, they were going to stay with Steve and they were going to give out the articles there, you know, while I attended some of the conference and, and they said, you know, I couldn't have a table. And I argued back and forth. I said, but you know, you're supposed to be advocates for, and you have another company there. The company with the medical food had a booth there. Oh, really? You know, and I told them, this is just one case study of this, you know, this medical food, you know, and they, they would not let me. They said, you can come to the conference, but you can't pass out. You can't even just pass them out in the hall, you know? Wow. So I, we did. We went and I snuck a few to some of the researchers anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to, to posters and if they had anything about insulin, glucose, nutrition, I would stop and talk to them and I would, you know, try to sneak them a copy of my mm. article. And um, I had a, a security guard following me around. And he, he always he made five thousand people, and he's always in the same aisle where I was. He sat down at our table, you know. Holy cow! God, you know, yeah, they were keeping an eye on me. Anyway, I was getting paranoid, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up passing out a lot of copies in Chicago. Left them in health food stores there, you know. Mm. Um, and then when I came back, I just had a whole bunch of them. So I took them around the different food stores and then my family everybody was after they had seen steve they all started sending out my article on the internet mm. to everybody they knew and um kind of a grassroots thing and then then i started getting invitations to talk at health food stores locally mm-hmm. and uh, my hospital then decided to well they there was a, a local newspaper uh, the tampa bay times that picked it up and they did a story and they interviewed dr veach they interviewed dr theodore van italy who um he's turning 100 this fall discovered that MCT oils converted the ketones. They interviewed them for the article mm, and wow. that went viral. <laughs> it went viral. Oh, awesome. There was a picture of Steve and I and his cl- our, his clocks, you know, and yeah. the clocks were what caught people's eye. And um, mm-hmm. so I started hearing back then from other people. And then, you know, the, the hospital I worked at actually let me give a presentation for the public. There were about 90 people that came and, um, you know, so it just started getting out slowly but surely. Steve came. He answered people's questions. He told them what it was wow. like to have Alzheimer's. That's you amazing. know, it, it was because he could tell them things that he couldn't 
tell. He couldn't tell you that, you know, before, yeah. but now he could again. Wow. You know, he had had a visual disturbance. He couldn't read. It went away after three or four months on coconut oil. The words would shake on the page and it stopped one day. He said, I can read it again. I said, what do you mean? And he said, yeah, I couldn't read because the words would shake and now they stopped shaking. Wow. So he could read. That's miraculous. And it, yeah. Amazing. Yes. And so, you know, the, the conspiracy theory, theorist of me says, you know, you weren't in the protocol of drug development. Mm-hmm. for this right. Alzheimer's conference. Yeah. So get that blasphemous stuff yes. out of here. Oh, yeah. No. They actually banned, um, they had that one company with medical food. There's another one named Nutritia. They have a product mm. called Subinade. Um, but um, they wouldn't even allow Xera, the company that makes the medical food, to come back. They, they decided they weren't going to have medical foods or foods at their conference. It was only drugs in their exhibit hall. Oh, wow. And um, <laughs> so, but I talked, I ended up talking to their medical, you know, uh, their medical director for the whole organization. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, this needs clinical trials. I said, well, you're the people that do the clinical trials and pay for it. Yeah. I said, you know, he says, well, you know, pharma drug companies, nobody's going to pay for this. It's food, you know? Yeah. And I said, well, then, you know. I said, you know, the, the science makes sense and there are some studies and, you know, what is the harm in telling people it's just food? You know, it's not yeah. a harmful drug that's going to harm somebody. Nope. No side yeah. effects. Right. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I, I just want to make it plain for, for my listeners. Um, at a minimum, what we're talking about is coconut oil. You can get it in the jar right. on the oil in the grocery store where the oils are sold. They usually comes in a... Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 ounce jar it's Mm -hmm. solid at room temperature um you can replace it with any type of uh, now definitely i wouldn't advise cooking with vegetable oil but if you need uh you can fry with it you can bake Mm -hmm. with it i put it in my coffee in the morning i usually do one to two tablespoons in my coffee in the morning Mm -hmm. um so this is stuff you can just get at your local store and as far as mct powder mct oil um, mm-hmm. you can find that, uh, online, whole foods, health food online stores. health yeah. food stores. Yeah. Some so this is stuff. It. Yeah. This is stuff you can just go get. You don't have right. to, you don't need a prescription. Don't need a prescription. Readily available. Yeah. And not very expensive. No, no, not no. at all. Um, and you, you hear the results that, uh, Steve got from, uh, mm-hmm just this intervention. So, mm-hmm. um, not complicated stuff. And <laughs> right. It's just food. It's just that, food. You know, a billion you... people in Asia eat this food. Yeah. I mean, the all tropical the time. areas, they, they eat coconut oil as a staple in their diet, you know? So yeah, it's food. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wow, this, this is flown by and I feel like we haven't even talked about everything. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for, for uh, coming on the show. And if, you know, we've got a lot of people that are facing mm-hmm. these challenges with Alzheimer's and um, this is an excellent way to, uh, to treat it. Um, mm-hmm. So I also want to mention, you've, you mentioned uh, the article you wrote, what if there's mm-hmm. a cure for cancer, but you've also written a couple other books. Um, you've written the complete book of ketones, a practical guide to ketogenic diets and ketone supplements, mm-hmm. um, Alzheimer's disease. What if there was a cure and the coconut oil and low carb solution for Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and other diseases. Mm-hmm. And, uh, take it. You can get these books on Amazon or your local bookstore. Right. Yeah. Barnes and Noble carries them, um, as, as do other bookstores. I've seen it books a million and, um, on Amazon, probably the least expensive on Amazon. Um, I have a website too. I have a lot of free information on my website. People can print out diet guidelines for using MCT and coconut oil, um, uh, keto diet. <laughs> There's, mm-hmm. I have that on there. Um, uh, case reports. I have all a lot of scientific, you know, full full length papers of you know the science of ketones on there. Um, awesome. It's coconut ketones. It's C O C O N U T K E T O N E S dot com. Coconutketones.com. And if you do a slash and do Alzheimer's dash dementia, it'll go straight to the page for Alzheimer's. And I have um, 
um, you know, diet guidelines there, my original story. Um, I have a lot of resources to help get you to organizations. Um, I have to say the Alzheimer's Association has come around because now recently they funded a study Good. of MCT oil for Alzheimer's. Awesome. It's uh, still in progress and they're funding the first ever clinical trial of the ketone ester, Dr. Beach's ketone ester. Awesome. Yes. Finally. Yeah. Great. They had a change at the top and they've come around to this. And there was the first ever ketone session two years ago in 2017 wow. at their conference, which I was able to attend. So, you Amazing. know, <laughs> I have to say that they, uh, is work they have well come done. around. Great. Yes. <laughs> well, Dr. Newport, thank you so much for, uh, oh, first, your story's amazing. And um, any of my listeners, if you uh, are have a loved one, uh, please reach out to uh, Coconut Ketones uh, and reach out to Dr. Uh, Mary Newport. You've been listening to Paradigm, Insights into Relationships <laughs> in You. We'll be back next week. You can find archive shows and additional details about guests of the show at the show's website, www.paradigmradioshow.com. You can follow weekly one-minute insight posts on the show's Instagram and Twitter feed at Paradigm Radio Show. For archived episodes, you can find episodes wherever you subscribe to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. This is Toby Jenkins. One of the fun things about doing this show is that in between segments, my guests and I often engage in some pretty interesting uh, conversations. And this was the case with uh, myself and Dr. Newport. In particular, we had an engaging conversation about diabetes and Alzheimer's and its connection. So I've left this in to this show because these two things affect so many other people. And Dr. Newport will likely come back on another time will expand on this conversation a lot more. So I've left it in. If you're someone who's been affected by one or both, or if you've wondered about the connection between the two, please stay tuned and you can hear the rest of our conversation around Alzheimer's and diabetes. You know, I'll, I'll run this statistic by you and I thought, thought it might be a good thing to talk about as well. Um, the state of the bleh, the state of Kentucky has uh, a huge elderly population, and yes. um, I can't remember what the numbers are, but the um, Alzheimer's uh, diagnosis are some factor greater than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, the, which is an indicator that more and more um, baby boomers and people are getting to retirement age um, than usual, right? Um, are having or being diagnosed. Um, that's, that's, I can't remember where I saw that, but is that consistent with what you, with what you know? Yes. Yeah, okay. it is. Um, the older you get, the more likely you are to have it. And uh, like over age 85, it's about 40% of people will develop it. Yeah. So uh, people want to live a long life, but then you have almost a 50, 50 chance if you're yeah. over 85 of getting Alzheimer's and, you know, it's, it's very sad. And, um, a lot of it is the aging population that people do live longer mm-hmm. than they used to. And it tends to be a disease for most people, the last few years of your life. Um, if you get in your nineties, it's, it's well over 50% of people will, will develop it. And, um, it's, it's just, it's very sad, you know, but there are some genetic risk factors too. Um, mm-hmm. people, that carry a gene called the ApoE4 gene, which uh, you get a copy from each parent. You know, if you have one copy of it, you're more likely to average. It doesn't, you're more likely than average to get it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you will get it, um, Mm -hmm. but it's a higher risk. It may be triple the risk of somebody that doesn't have the gene. Yeah. So it may be 13% 
you know, instead of 4%, you know, yeah. 4 point something percent that would get it. Um, if you have two copies of the gene, much, much more likely to get it and to get it young. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Steve, we thought, well, maybe he had two copies of that gene. Well, it turned out he had one copy. You know, he was only 51 when he started having symptoms. So he was quite wow. early. Yeah. Um, so then it's the case that uh, an 85-year-old today is maybe three to four times more likely to have Alzheimer's than um, an 85-year-old in 1960 then? Very possibly. Okay. Uh, it, it seems right. to be increasing. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's exactly the case, but one of the other things that's really been increasing right along with Alzheimer's is diabetes mm-hmm. has been escalating. Mm-hmm. And the problem with Alzheimer's is that it's a type of diabetes of the brain. That's one of the characteristics of it, that there is insulin resistance in the brain. It's very much like type 2 diabetes. And there is a very strong correlation. Uh, People that have diabetes have a 30% risk of developing dementia. So I you know, I feel that they're very closely related. Um, Steve, for example, was called pre-diabetic right around the time he was diagnosed. Uh, His blood sugar was just high enough. You know, he wasn't quite diabetic, but he was considered Mm pre-diabetic, which is insulin resistance already. Um, He had it. His father had type 2 diabetes. Um, You know, so there was a family risk there. And, you know, uh, the people that studied this, um, well, there are many groups that have studied it, but there's a group at Brown University, Dr. Suzanne Delamonte, and her group, and they looked at the brains of people that had died with Alzheimer's that did not have type 1 or type 2 diabetes. And they found that they still had insulin resistance and insulin deficiency in the brain um, and decreased poor glucose uptake in those parts of the brain affected by Alzheimer's. That's what happens when you have insulin resistance. You can have sky-high insulin levels, and yet the receptors for insulin on the cell are not responding to insulin and glucose is not getting into those cells. So you can have a really high blood sugar and those cells are starving basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read that. um, I read grain. I've I've read a number of kind of these keto consistent books, but grain brain. Yeah. I read that. um, That really struck me. um, And I started getting more aggressive with trying to control. Yes. Pre-diabetic trying to control that. Yeah. Um, Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) True. Cool. The studies are really panning out. I mean, they really are, you know, looking good and, um, you know, it's worth doing. And there's going to be a big study in Australia and they're using one, uh, you know, it's, it's called Carrington Farms Liquid Coconut Cooking Oil. Mm. It comes mm-hmm. from the Philippines. I've been to the factory in the Philippines. They call it nice. Lauren over there. But it's a high lauric acid um, MCT oil. And lauric acid, this group in Japan found that it directly stimulates ketone production in astrocytes hmm. in the brain. Wow. So, And it's half of coconut oil, lauric acid is. So this could really explain why coconut oil had such a profound effect on my husband. It was directly stimulating ketones in the brain. And yeah. um, so they're doing, um, and it's $13 for a quart of it on Amazon, you know, <laughs> and they're going to be giving these people, they're going to work them up to six tablespoons a day over about a month. And, six uh, tablespoons. Yeah. Wow. So that gives people an idea of how much. You know, um, the study uh, in Canada that's going on now that the Alzheimer's Association is funny, they're doing um, three tablespoons a day, like yeah. one with each meal. Yeah. And getting good results, you know. And I think I heard in, in your other interview, um, Steve's ketones, they were, you were, your goal was like three to four with him. Oh, millimoles. Millimoles, yeah. Um, well, with the ketone ester, yeah. Okay. Because we didn't even get into that, but it was coconut yeah. MCT oil for two years. And then Dr. Beach started actually giving us this ketone ester. Wow. So he was a clinical trial of one person um, and we published <laughs> it. It was in the Alzheimer's and dementia journal. So it's on, it's, it's on my um, website. You can get the article, but okay, I'll check that he out. had a really dramatic turnaround again, you know, with that wow. and it was stable for another 20 months. And yeah, you know, it was really quite amazing to be the first, he was the first person with Alzheimer's in the world to get that, you know, mm. and now it's out on the market. Two companies are marketing it and it's really expensive, but it's there. And I, yeah. there are people 
I'm helping them with it, but you know, they stay in touch with me and, and they're getting results. They're getting results awesome. from it. And yeah. it's incredible. Hmm. I'm yeah. currently uh, uh, in of one. I, uh, I'm wearing a continuous mm-hmm. glucose monitor. Oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. I see. Um, the sad part is that, um, I'm not sick enough to get a prescription written for it, mm. but they're, they're available in Canada over the, over the counter. Oh, so wow. I, have a, I have a friend that just ships them to me. Yeah. And Are you type just, two or type one diabetic? I'm type two. Uh-huh. Um, and but I've insulin been do- dependent? Not insulin dependent, not, oh, but uh, okay, once yeah. I read uh, the diabetes code, I started uh, intermittent fasting and I stopped taking a medication. Mm-hmm against my doctor's orders. And he has kind of fought me tooth and nail through this mm-hmm. whole thing. So I need to find a new doctor, yeah. but I'm running experiments on myself. <laughs> there so, are doctors that are recognizing that the ketogenic diet makes so much sense for people yeah. with diabetes because sugar is the problem. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. keep eating sugar, you need medications to reduce the sugar. Right. The insulin levels are already sky high. So to me, it makes no sense to add more insulin to that, yeah. you know, because it's not working already. And, um, you know, it's, it makes more, much more sense to reduce yeah. the sugar. And I have um, some of the articles on my website about that too. I, I you know, I have a, a section, it's called Keto Diet Start Here, but it's really more about diabetes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know people with type 1 diabetes or some, and, um, here at University of South Florida, there's a PhD candidate that he has type 1 diabetes himself, and he's gone on the keto diet, and his blood sugars used to go between 70 and 300 in a day, you wow. know, I mean, just fluctuate, and he said, and he just would feel so bad, you know, when mm-hmm. it got so high and everything, so he went on the ketogenic diet, He's his blood sugars now are between 70 and 120, mm. and he has reduced his insulin by 75%, and this is type 1 diabetes, yeah, it's that's amazing. Me, that's, yeah, I met some yeah. people. Uh, we went to Keto Fest and met a couple mm-hmm. people who had had that kind of success. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, when I know you got to go. Well, I want to respect your time, but mm-hmm. this is uh, um, so with this doctor. I went. I did uh, vegan, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, my blood sugar, everything got better except my blood sugar, and so. Yeah. So he lectured me on my lack of discipline and um, that this is a progressive disease and said, well, why don't you meet with our, with our nutritionist? And I still have the notes in my phone from, this, from the nutritionist. So she lectured yeah. me on portion size and that I should, I should get 60% of my uh, calories from carbs. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I still have and that. That's what and that's the ADA has been saying for years. And now right. recently they are now saying that maybe a low carb diet is a good idea. They're finally yeah. coming around. Yeah. It didn't make and, a ton of sense yeah. when she said it. And I yeah. was like, Oh man. But you know, also yeah. eating vegan, it was carb heavy, mm-hmm. too carb heavy. Yeah. Uh, so, so I yeah. have this um, one sheet keto diet. It comes from Dr. Eric Westman. He's one of the authors of a new Atkins for a new you, but he's had over four, he's an MD. He's at Duke university and he's had over 4,000 patients with type two diabetes going to remission completely off the medications, off insulin, using his diet, you know, it's about 20 carbs a day or less. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, most of the carbs are vegetables, but you know, it's, you know, mostly proteins and healthy fats and all of this. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I have it, it's, you know, you can just print it right off my website, Sure. <laughs> but it sounds yeah. like you're already doing the, you know, yeah, it's been two years in, and I um, yeah. I feel a ton better, and yeah, it's a and work in progress. Fog. So. I mean, a lot of people report that. That's you know, those two studies. They were people that had many mental status. One had twenty one, and went up to twenty eight out of thirty, and the other one went from twenty three to twenty nine out of thirty points on the mm. mini mental status exam, and all of hemoglobin A one C normal. This is after ten weeks. Hemoglobin A one C insulin level mm. down from ninety seven to twelve. I mean, you know. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. All the nutrition. So Yes. Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You is brought to you by Jenkins Professional Services and Hype Media Global.
Thank you for tuning into Paradigm, insights into relationships and you with Toby Jenkins. Join us again.